Well, are you guys excited what happened last week? Are you? I, w- I just, out of curiosity, just do so by raising your hand. How many of you shared your faith to someone for the very first time? Just raise your hand. Look at that. Look at that. Bunch of people over here, over here for the very first time. That's exciting. The fact that we had a chance to share the faith with people who don't know Christ. Um, Impact 86 was just one of three ministries that went out. Uh, we had Operation I Care. We had the Masters Campus Conquest. And we had Impact 86. What we're going to do, and we have a very short time to do this, but the Impact 86 broke up into four churches. And we're going to have... Three, maybe two or three, four members from each of those groups come and just share how God worked through them. Uh, some of us who were in college life yesterday heard the report of uh, the number that were saved in, uh, in Campus Conquest, and, that, and that we rejoice over that. Uh, to date, we don't even have an exact figure. We can only have a conservative figure, but somewhere at the least, 65 people went from the darkness to eternal light. Uh, this past week, and we can rejoice and be excited about that. I want to ask Tim Rafalovich and his uh, group from Monterey Park to come up. These are the group that worked with uh, Alex Montoya's church. Alex spoke in chapel earlier this spring. And what they're going to do is they're going to keep, they'll be introducing the next segment of uh, people that are coming up, and so you can just hear firsthand about what our students did in the inner city. Tim? This is one time I don't think I like ladies going first motto. (laughs) Um, I'd like to share with you the opportunity that we had at First Fundamental of going out an additional day. We we stayed on through Saturday and we were involved in what they call at First Fundamental the bus ministry and that's an outreach to the children that live in the different, are we on, different projects um, throughout the, the city, inner city. And what we did is we got on a bus, and there were four of us on our bus. Um, no, actually more than that, like six of us. And we went into these housing projects, and we knocked on doors, and we invited these little children to come back to the church with us. And it was really, really heart um touching to us because we got to see how they were actually living as they opened up their doors and we looked inside and some of the parents were actually doing drugs when we opened up the doors and um, their, the living conditions were so poor that we, we, can't, we can't even relate to that. We can't understand how anyone could live in that sort of a, an atmosphere. But in the midst of that were these precious little children that that have a hope of eternal life if, if we can just reach them and then possibly they can reach their families. So we brought them back onto the buses and we sang songs all the way to the church. And they were really responding to us because we were love in a world that they didn't understand love very much, you know. Um, so then we were able just to participate in um, in sharing Christ through example to these children. And then what they do at the church, which we weren't a part of, is share the different um, lessons with them and teach them the Word of God. But that was just a really special experience for us. And God loves the little children too, doesn't he? Picture, if you will. 
A mile-long housing establishment with small apartments about the size of a room in slight hall. With holes in the walls, spray paint on the walls, small children running around everywhere, cockroaches and other crawling insects running rampant across the bare floor. Broken windows and torn screens. It's raining lightly. Even the rain doesn't clean the dirty sidewalks. A van pulls up to the infamous dirt road, and four clean-cut collegians pile out. <laughs> they break into pairs, and after being warned not to go to the nearby park where the gangs hang out, and where to run in case of an emergency, they walk up to the door of a friendly-looking place. They knock. <laughs> a few moments pass. A man opens the door, he has a gun, he shoots, bang, we're all dead! Well, that's what we thought was going to happen. <laughs> but it really wasn't like that. We had the opportunity to go two days to the housing uh, places. <laughs> and really it was a different experience. There were a lot of kids, there was spray paint on the walls, there were cockroaches running across the floor. And as we got there, we were terrified, <laughs> to say the least. And uh, as we started going door to door, we realized that the people were very open. Um, they were very lost, and they were hurting a lot. And there's a great need there, and uh, God really taught all of us about that need. Where we stayed, however, with the people was really quite different. Um, I had the privilege of staying with Alicia and Alfredo Mercado. And Alicia... <laughs> And Alicia and Alfredo were two of the nicest people. And uh, each, each of our people in our group got to stay with just incredibly wonderful people. And they, uh, you've never experienced hospitality until you've stayed with these people. Uh, we're talking meals here. <laughs> we're talking meals that last a long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just really neat. And God, God really taught all of us so much. Uh, it was, it was like being, well, it was being put into a completely different culture. And uh, I know it really put the burden on my heart and on the heart of all the others in our group. So it was neat. <laughs> well, mine might not be quite as funny, but I'll <laughs> do my best. Uh, as Paul talked about the meals, I stayed with a Mexican family. They were straight off the boat. And the nicest, <laughs> they were the nicest family you've ever, you've ever met in your life, though. The, the guy um, was kind of crippled, and he stayed in a wheelchair the whole time, and he looked like Grizzly Adams. And he reminded me of my grandfather. We learned a whole lot while we were there, and uh, I learned that, that uh, there were some people in other cultures that eat tortillas, rice, and beans at every single meal, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But uh, more than that, uh, we talked about the highlights a little bit, and uh, some of us uh, wrote a little bit about the highlights. And, and this is what one person wrote, and it sums up, I think, our whole group pretty well. Honestly, I learned more this week by doing than I have in the whole semester. And uh, he was a, an institute person and has taken a lot of the, the classes, the Bible classes, and I think that summed up pretty well that, that a lot of us have the knowledge. And this was the first big opportunity that at least I've had, and, and I think pretty much our whole group, to go out and share what we have learned so much about. So it was really special. And the 
the uh, time Saturday that Janet talked about and some of the housing projects, actually, they're not all that bad. They had four pro housing projects, and, and the one that, that Paul was talking about was the worst one. The dirt road is pretty, um, like he said, infamous. But um, they're not usually that bad. Um, but the most, the, the thing I learned a lot in those two things, but, but the thing I learned most about was just the excitement of not only sharing, but seeing some people come to know Christ. And I had the, the privilege after a couple of people in our group had, had shared with this one guy um, on East L.A. campus. I had the privilege of, of uh, following up with that. And uh, his name was Richard. And uh, we came in there and, and just made sure that he was kind of going in the right direction. And maybe some of you had this opportunity to, to see people just kind of glow after they had just become Christian. It was kind of like... And uh, the whole, we were about two blocks away, and we said, there's this house over there. We can see the glow already. <laughs> it, he was so different, so excited. And we came in there, and, and, and he had a lot of questions, and we tried to answer uh, them about as best as we could. But it was just exciting to see him and, and see what questions he had. And at the very end, while we were, I asked him to pray, and, and I thought he'd be a little bit nervous about that, and I, and I thought maybe he wouldn't want to really do that um, in front of his family, especially. So I asked him, is there any room that we can go into to uh, be able to pray? And he goes, well, here's fine. And his, kid, his kids, are, or not his kids, the, his family was, was um, little kids were running back and forth. And his mother's right there, who I guess was kind of against his decision. And, and uh, just a real special time. He had already mentioned a lot of the persecution and just that the night before they had been through with his friends. And he'd already been out sharing. And it was just really exciting to just see that glow on his face of a new Christian. And it was kind of special, too, because uh, I remembered that in my wallet I had met somebody about um, on a trip in this last August. And I had um, asked for their address, and, and it was in Bell, California. And I remembered that um, we were in Bell right then, and, and I remembered that they, were, they had been somewhere probably around the area there. So I asked Richard, the new Christian, if he knew where this one street was. And he goes, yeah, it's just about two blocks down, turn to the left. It was, it was really strange that we were that close. To these, this person that I had known for about a week when I was on this trip, but I and I had shared Christ with, but they were they were in the process what they considered kind of more or less in the process of becoming a Christian, and so we went over there and they weren't there then, but we were able to come the next day and talk to them and and it turns out that in the process of these these last months, it really it seems at least when we were talking to them that they had definitely become Christian and we had an opportunity to really encourage them to become involved more in a local uh, church there. And uh, we're going to go out there and visit him a little bit more. So it was really special just going in, in more or less, I guess, the visitation and the follow-up. It was really a special time. So the whole trip was, was really incredible. And uh, another person in our group uh, really mentioned about the people that they were staying with and, and just how much they had learned from them. And uh, one of the most special things to them was, was, was that the people that they were staying with were... Um, they felt almost discipled by and uh, really learned a lot in that area, too. So it was really good. Next, we're going to hear from, uh oh, how do you pronounce this? Biblica Iglesia Primera Fundamental. Is that right? Yeah. And we're going to hear from Cynthia. Well, as, um, most of you have heard we just had a really exciting time and it was just really neat and um, one of the lessons that I know that I learned and that um, a lot of the other people from the church that we went to learned 
was just um, a lesson in humility and, and um, humbleness because um, the people that Skylar and I stayed with were just, they are just wonderful. Um, the lady couldn't speak English very well, but her husband could, so we could um, talk a little bit. But after um, feeding us our first of many big, big meals, they, um, they said, uh, we have some house rules. And we said, oh, okay, you know. And they said, um, number one, you don't cook. Number two, you don't do dishes. Number three, you don't make your bed. And they said, our house is your house. And they just went on and on. And it was really true because they had one room in their house. And um, he led us in there. And they said, they said, you know, do you want the bed or do you want the bunk beds? And they had two little boys. And we took the bunk beds, and the boys got the bed. And um, I looked at Skylar, and I said, Skylar, I said, I don't see another room in this house. I said, where, where are they going to sleep? And they made out their beds on the living room floor. And I just thought, oh, my word. <laughs> and she was four months pregnant, too. And I just thought that it was just so neat the way they would just um, go all out of their way for us. And we were talking to the pastor and he said you know you guys have come to serve the lord and they know that when people come to serve the lord that they're to be servants to them and it was just really neat just just to see them serving us and it just kind of blessed me really really a lot and another thing that that i learned too was um i have a hard time sharing with people i think that um a lot of things that come into my head sound really good and then when they come out of my mouth they don't sound so hot and so um (laughs) So I was kind of, um, I'm a little bit nervous when I get to talking to people, but it was really neat just how um, we went and invited people to church and they came and we talked to people about the Lord and they'd they'd accept the Lord and it was just so neat to see results and um, it's just really neat what God can do with a willing heart. joy that I knew 
thing about God is that usually when you ask him for something, he's just liable to give it to you. And, and when I asked him, when I came to him, I said, Lord, I want to be used. You know, God is just, he's keeping me busy. I, I praise God for the trip that we had. Um, I really got a chance to come closer to the students that I go to school with, and that was a blessing to me. You know, you get to know him. You go to school with him all semester. This gentleman here, I've been going to school with him. I didn't even know him. I didn't know that he spoke Spanish. You know, um, but um, I had a chance to have some El Salvadorian food. That was pretty good too. Um, and I got a chance to go out with an old lady. I think she was 62, and she was she was some kind of evangelist. I'm 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 serious. I'm serious. Um, she was some kind of evangelist. I mean, she she was a soul winner. You know, she 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 was persistent. You know, and. I really had a good time. I really did. It, it blessed me spiritually. I know that it blessed everyone else in my group. And I, I just praise God for the opportunity. Hi. Um, <clears throat> I'm just thankful that I got a chance to serve because for the longest time I felt almost ashamed of what my people had gone into. I mean, it's like they didn't care and and I kind of felt that they were too prideful to be helped, in a sense. But um, through these last three days, I got a chance to see how the Lord just softened their hearts and how they're so aware of what's going on between God and between Satan and that they have to choose. And it's their decision time. <clears throat> I was mostly thankful that I got a chance to be there, and especially with the group that I went, because as soon as we got there... They started cleaning up the church, and they were just willing to do anything for him. And that was neat because I always thought that 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 as soon as they got there, they would shy away from that, and that you know they would feel sorry for the people, and they wouldn't go out and serve them. Um, just like Tim expressed how he saw a glow in a new person's life when they came to know the Lord, I get a chance to see that when we went out visiting, and this elder brought this this girl to the Lord and all of a sudden her face glowed and I was wondering why am I looking at her and I could just and I and I tried to try to figure it out and then I I remembered how you know how we're new creatures in Christ as soon as we come to the Lord um, I'm thankful for a lot of people Renee and Lydia and a lot of people that that just pushed me to help others and it was just neat it's really changed my life um, I just want to take each day at a time and I think the most important thing I learned 
was to live 100% for the Lord in whatever you're doing. I mean, don't strive. Sure, you can have visions. That's good. But don't strive to be someone you're not. You know, Just give God all you have right now in what you're doing. And He will bless you for that. Thanks for letting me go. You don't know Javier, right, and Don, just because they didn't get their names out here. Let me just try to explain what we did. We were at the Primera, Primera Iglesia Biblica Fundamental. And, that, and that's in Spanish. That's just First Fundamental Bible Church. And what it is, is uh, it's, a, it's been an independent church for four years. And what they were was they were Alex Montoya's Spanish department. Started as a Sunday school class. It was all Spanish. Then it turned into a department. And then pretty soon they grew so big they turned into their own church. And so they got the same name as Alex Montoya's church, um, but only in Spanish. And they were all Spanish. Only a few of them spoke um, English, and some of them tried a lot. Uh, I don't know any Spanish, so I was trying a lot with communicating. My family that I stayed with was, was Mexican. And uh, the oldest boy spoke, and the, and the youngest girl spoke good English. And the, and the father, who was the assistant pastor... Um, also spoke pretty decent English. Um, I want to just share that, you know, uh, Mark 10:45 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. And uh, we went down, and, and we wanted to minister to these people, and we wanted to do whatever they wanted us to do, and we told them that the first day, whatever you want us to do, we'll be glad to do it. And so we were cleaning up the church, and we were uh, sanding down their buses so they can paint them. Um, that's really all we did. We went down, and we just... We did that, but the rest of the time, they ministered to us. It was incredible. Like Cynthia shared, um, their concept of a servant of God was they exalt that position. When it, if a, Like their pastor is the most respected man, I mean, he should be, but they just treat him like a king because he is, he is the man of God there. And uh, we were just going down there, and they, they heard we were all studying to be missionaries, and so they just really respected us and really wanted to do anything for us. And so what it ended up is that they were, they were just waiting on us hand and foot. And uh, such a blessing, so, so humbling to my own heart. Um, we, we went door to door and we shared with people and they were very open. And the inner city is just open people. They really don't have anything so, uh, to hold on to like we do here. Um, I heard a pastor once say that, ice, that materialism produces isolation. And it really does. We can just see how... Um, we have so many walls around our houses and different things and how many doors were shut in the faces maybe around here. But every, I, don't, I don't remember one person who shut the door in our face there. It was just an incredible, humbling experience. And uh, next, Todd Brooks is going to come up, I believe. He was from uh, Montecito Park. We had a, just a great time down at a Montecito Park uh, Church. Uh, we, we got there Wednesday, and um, Pastor Ezekiel Salazar sat us down. And right from the beginning, right when we sat down, uh, he shared with us that his church started out with four people and uh, ended up with, uh, started out with four people, him and his wife and his wife and his wife's mother and father. And then now they have, in six years, 500 people, all Spanish-speaking church. It's just amazing what God has done down there. Um, 
some of the highlights of the trip were um, our ministry to them and how we just went down there and our people, um, our, my group, I was so amazed at how willing they were to work. And we, uh, we painted some rooms and uh, we cleaned windows and we, we vacuumed floors and we, we um, mowed some lawns and trimmed some hedges. And we just, they, our group, I was really amazed at all the work that they did. And it was really exciting to see their, their diligence. But their ministry to us was even more amazing. The bond that they had, the love that they showed us was really incredible. We had a couple of um, evangelism outreach um, opportunities, and uh, the first one was on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, is that what you wanted to share about? Yeah, Janet, why don't you share it with us? The first one that we went on was with the ladies, and it was really odd. When we went in there, hardly any of the women spoke any English, and there was no, none of us, of the girls, spoke any Spanish. And so um, we were sitting there, and uh, they said, well, we're going, to, we're going out visiting with them. And so we sat there through their whole meeting, and we didn't know a word they were saying. And then we decided we were going out, and we paired off. So the two ladies that I went with didn't know any Spanish. But, you know, there was a... Didn't know any English. Oh, excuse me. Right. Didn't know any English. And, um, and I went out there, and we just could say a glow on these ladies. They knew what they were doing. They knew that they were soul winners and that they could share the gospel really well. And they even practiced it before they went out. And... What was really neat about it, we went up there, we went to a project, and we didn't know exactly what we were going to be in for. We didn't know. They would stop people on the street. They would stop people just walking. It was really a good witness for us to see that. We didn't know what they were saying, but every time they they saw somebody, we could see they're opening their Bibles. We could see them talking. We could, we could say, Buenos tardes, good afternoon, but we didn't know exactly what else to do, so we smiled and we prayed. And during the time that I was... <laughs> During the time that I was there, there were three people, three women came to know the Lord. And this was in only in one hour, there were 16 women saved. And it was just a really amazing thing for me to see that these people were really open. And you could tell there was a change in their life. Thanks, Janet. Um, that's one thing you might be praying about. Uh, these people really have a vision for the Spanish community. Pastor Salazar shared with us that there, this is the second largest um, Spanish-speaking population as far as cities go in the world next to Mexico City. Uh, on Thursday afternoon, we went out to a high school. We hit the four exit that's a high school because we were not allowed inside, but when they came out, we got them. And um, <laughs> we, uh, we split up into four groups, and uh, we just had a really great time sharing the gospel, just confronting these people with uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, Roger has something to share about that also. Go ahead, Roger. Um. Todd Brooks here has a way of surprising me. I walked into chapel today, you know, thinking we were going to hear a message and everything. And uh, Todd goes, you're going to get up and talk in chapel. And I just go, oh, great. <laughs> but um, we went out sharing on Thursday at this high school, and it, it was just awesome. It was incredible. We, uh, we had a lot of chances to talk with a lot of kids that were really hurting. And uh, for a while, it seemed like, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't going great. You know, we were talking to kids. But it doesn't seem like they're that responsive, you know. But, but like, you know, at least we were planting seeds. And uh, so we were kind of, as we were leaving near the end, we were walking towards the car, me and Todd, and everyone else was down. They were down kind of sharing together what had happened and stuff. And, and we saw these, uh, this couple. Um, they were juniors in high school, you know, and they were, they're like kissing and stuff on their porch, you know. And Todd was over there looking. He goes, he goes, <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Todd goes, Roger, why don't you share with him? You know, it's always me. So I go, I don't know. I, go, I, I didn't really want to at first, you know, because it, I don't know, it's time to leave. And I go, no, I don't know. So, so anyways, I go, what am I saying? You know, God, I, I really felt that God wanted me to share with him. So I, I, um, I called them over, you know, they had a fence right here and I, I, I waved them over and, and they came over and, um, it was so exciting. They were so open to talk to me and Todd. It was incredible. We talked for like, I don't know, 20, yeah. 20 minutes, about a half hour. And they kept asking us questions. Just kept, you know, and, and this guy, Victor, he says, he says, well, how, how do I know God? And I just couldn't believe it, you know, and, and, um, we shared with them for a little bit and we invited them. We said, why don't, why don't you come tonight? Because they weren't ready to accept the Lord then, you know. So we said, why, why don't you come tonight to the movie uh, that we're going to have? And uh, it was the prodigal in Spanish. So we didn't know much about the movie anyway. So, but, um, so they said, well, yeah, okay, but, but we don't have a car and stuff. So we said, that's no problem. You know, the, they have a bus that goes around and picks them up. So we got their address and stuff and we left. And, and me and Todd started praying. And we weren't sure if they, had, they would come or not, if they'd be willing to come. And, you know, it, it was... It just kind of worried us almost that, you know, oh, I hope they come and stuff. So, so we were upstairs playing ping pong, <laughs> and uh, and the pastor Milton came Real up. Real evangelism, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Pastor Milton, the youth pastor there, came up and, and goes, Todd and Roger, you guys have to go pick up Letitia and Victor. And we go, why? And she and he said that they called the church to so that we would go and pick them up, you know. And we were just so excited, you know, we're going, all right. So so me and Todd getting his little silica and racing around. And uh, <laughs> we get there and we pick them up, you know, and I could tell they were kind of they were kind of nervous and stuff. So we just started sharing with them and talking about what would happen that night. And we got to the church and and there was there was no one there, you know, and I'm going, oh, no, you know, they were the only two people there or we were at first, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. And um, and then some other people started coming in and stuff, but they were people that all went to the church. And no one else that we had talked to that whole day came to see that movie that night. I don't, that I know, but those two, but those two kids. And, I mean, talk about the sovereignty of God, you know. He knew that those two people had to be there. And uh, so anyways, the movie went on, and they saw the movie and stuff. And, and uh, I kept looking over at Victor and Letitia, you know, see what they... We're thinking about the movie and stuff, and then um, you know we didn't. Me and Todd didn't know what the heck was going on in the movie. You know, we, we were just watching. I saw Billy Graham speaking in fluent Spanish. You know? so, but um, anyways, so anyways, the movie got over, and um, Todd Todd went up to the front to say a prayer. You know, and and he yeah, he said, if anybody'd like to know Jesus as their savior, you know, could you lift their hand? And you're supposed to have your head bowed, but I kept looking over it. I couldn't help it. And, uh, and I saw Victor raise his hand, you know, and I just felt so good inside. I mean, I mean, just such a great for, for him, you know, that, that we had a chance to be a part of that. And um, it was just incredible. And we had a chance. We're going to do follow-up on Victor. We got his address, and, and the church is going to follow up on him and stuff. So wow. it just was awesome. That's the way it was. Eight people that day came to know the Lord. Sixteen people the day before, eight people that day. And it was just amazing to watch God work uh, as we didn't even know what was going to go on. So that was some, just some great things that happened. Next, we'd like to hear from uh, the last of the four, Don Hodell and his group. Come on, Don.
Sorry, we didn't dress like a Christmas tree. <laughs> no, that's good. You guys must have planned that. No, um, East East, L- <laughs> East L.A. had a very lasting impression on our group. <laughs> um, it was really good. You know, and as you hear um, the testimonies of so many of us who went, um, we all realize and discuss that, that we all have faith barriers in our life, that we, we can trust God up until a certain point, and then we have problems, whether it's sharing our faith for the first time or giving a testimony. And uh, so many in our group, um, that was our goal, was to trust God in an area that we had trouble trusting Him in. And um, Mark and Russ are going to share a couple of the highlights. Our first taste of La Puente was when we all crammed into the same booth at a Mexican restaurant and had a meal. And yes, Lisa Freed, the gal from Iowa, orders a cheeseburger, but whatever. <laughs> Anyways, after that, we went out door to door sharing with people about God and, and inviting them to come to a concert that Majesty was going to sing that night in La Puente, as well as a youth day that we were going to sing on, and that we were going to have on Friday. And, you know, when you're walking up streets that don't look much like the ones where you grew up, it's, it can be kind of intimidating. But it was really neat for me to see the people that were so warm and friendly and open, even in such a Catholic area, they were at least willing to listen. And the best thing I think I learned was how important it is to just share some encouragement, just share a smile with someone, the way they respond, because maybe that was the only one they received all day. But that was neat for me to be able to do that. When we were um, um, starting Wednesday night, our service, we were hoping that a lot of people would come who'd never been there before, and we canvassed the whole area. But the problem was, we got there at 7 when we were supposed to start, and we were the front row and the back row. You know, Sam's in the back, and there's nothing in between. But we didn't realize we were operating on the La Puente standard time, because about 7.30, after a half hour of him singing, the place was packed. And I was hoping that a lot of those people would be new people, not just church members. I asked somebody later, and the guy we were staying with, and he said that um, the people that were there were... Um, about half the people were new. And that was exciting to see all those people that had come and heard the gospel for the first time. I would challenge you, as I'm sure Don will share, don't let the power of God in your life be limited by your fear or your lack of faith. I'd just like to reiterate, um, I had a fantastic time. That just kind of sums it up. We, uh, what can you say? It beats school. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I know I'd rather be sharing Christ than sitting in a classroom somewhere. And, um, and there's no greater joy than sharing Christ. And I think we all have experienced that in this last week. But on Friday, as Russ mentioned, there was a youth day. And we kind of went from two extremes that day. We uh, visited a convalescent home in the morning. And before that, prior to that, going to the convalescent home, we had had a chapel service just among us, and I had spoke on the subject of how we need wisdom in our Christian lives because we're so blind sometimes, just between right and wrong, and, and we just don't exercise wisdom a lot of times. And we went to this convalescent home, and this place was a pit. It was really bad. I've been to a lot of convalescent homes singing and, and sharing, and this place was really bad. It was really small and dirty. But the people there were so excited. I think we had been the biggest thing that came along in the last two or three years. I mean, they were just starving for affection. And so we got up there, and there's there somewhere, somewhere around 16 of us in our group. And, and um, Majesty was 
was all in this group, and the rest of us who weren't in majesty have all, you know, sang here and there along the way. So basically, we had a real musical ministry a lot of times. So we got up in front of these people, and, and we just sang to them. And they were so excited. I mean, they couldn't sit still. There's this lady in the back row who stood up and clapped. And, I mean, hymns, things you don't clap to, this lady was clapping at. It was anything. She just loved to sing. And, and while we were there, this, this lady comes in. She tugs on Don's shoulder. And she goes, hey, I, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm real excited. And I play the harmonica. And I'm going, oh, that's neat, you know, the harmonica. <laughs> and um, so she goes, well, maybe I could play along with you. And... And um, Joni Hurst was playing the piano. So she went outside, and she's all practicing on her harmonica. And she comes back in, and, and her and Joni play. And this lady was good. I mean, she was really good. And we're all singing along and stuff. And it's just so exciting because they wanted to share in the ministry to their fellow, I don't know what you call them, the old people, I guess. And, um, and their love was so strong. We've heard about the glow in people's eyes that you see on saved Christians and stuff. It was there. Those people... They just wanted to share their love. And yet, I'd like to... Okay, I'd just like to say probably the biggest lesson I learned was I'm a very selfish person and I don't share my love. Like Rob said, we build these walls around ourselves because we have so much and we don't want to let one little thing escape. But because we have so much, we have to share with those people who don't have anything. And God's the one who replenishes our supply. And I guess the biggest thing I learned was... I should give out as much love as I possibly can, and God can fill me up with His. I just wanted to reiterate just real quick kind of what someone said in Tim's group, and that was that probably this is half of our education. Um, and as Mark said, it was exciting, you know, and that really much sums it up. And uh, now you're going to have a chance to see a little bit about what all of our groups did. And uh, Randy's put together a little slideshow. And uh, so you, those of you who didn't go on the mission can see firsthand what we did. Thank you. Wow. That's super. Really thankful to the Lord for all that uh, He's done. And I want you to know that it's only just begun because all the things that were planted there are just the beginning. Remember what it says in 1 Corinthians 3, some plant, some water, God gives the increase. So what was begun, I know the Lord is going to work even greater things in the future. A couple of observations before we have a closing prayer. One is that uh, I want you to remember... For whatever reasons, in this particular time and place, Roman Catholic people are wide open to the gospel in general. I have seen that in my experience at the church. They believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in God. They basically believe the Bible. They believe Christ died on the cross. They believe He rose from the dead. They don't have any problem with that. They understand sin. But many of them have never, ever come to the realization that salvation is by grace through faith. And they're trying desperately to work their way into the kingdom. And the gospel to them is a very welcome message. It's the message that says to them, you can stop with all the effort and you can come in faith to Christ. And through the years at our church, we have just seen thousands upon thousands of Roman Catholic people come to Christ. And that's why when you go to East Los Angeles, where you have such a strong Roman Catholic culture, you find people open. 
You don't have to convince them of the truth of the Bible. You don't have to argue about the deity of Christ. It's all in place. And many of those people have searching hearts. And so if you know people that have Roman Catholic background, the way to approach them is with the message of grace, the message of, of God's mercy offered to them in Christ. Let me also say that looking forward to next summer, I know that some of you are kind of excited about the possibility of going to New York City. And what... What, what you're going to find in New York City is the same kind of thing you found in the openness of East Los Angeles, only about ten times greater. The, the whole of the city basically lives in the street. They, they go in their house to sleep, and all the rest of the time they're milling around everywhere, and everything happens in front of everybody. So there's none of that isolationism, none of that protectiveness, and you're going to find a wide, wide open area of ministry that is very, very exciting. And I was thinking about, too, you know, I believe that the, the Bible teaches that the Lord in His wonderful grace rewards a faithful servant. I believe that. And I believe not only is God honored when we're faithful to serve Him in the way that you've been serving this week, but I really believe the Lord will honor that with a gracious reward. And uh, some way, somehow, God will, will bless your life because of your faithfulness. But even as I thought about that, sometimes we come home and say, well, you know, this guy saw three people come to Christ and this gal had the privilege of leading someone to Christ and all I did was drive the bus or all I did was sweep the floor and I didn't see any of that. What's going to happen to me? Um, you can look at that and, and become discouraged if you miss a very important perspective. In the 20th chapter of Matthew, Jesus gave a parable. First, he made a statement. He said, For many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. You remember that statement at the end of chapter 19? And then in chapter 20, he tells a parable about a man who has a vineyard, and he goes to the marketplace to hire day laborers for his vineyard. And he hires these guys. He goes at 6 o'clock in the morning, and he hires them to work 12 hours. They work from sunrise to sunset. And as they go out in the field, they begin to work. It's obvious he needs more people. So he goes back in at 9 o'clock and hires some guys to add to his crew, and that's nine hours. He goes back at noon and has some who work six hours. He goes back at 3 and has some who only work three hours. He goes back at 5 o'clock, and he still needs a few, so he hires some who work only one hour. And at the end of the day, when the sun is set and they come in to be paid for the day, they all get in line, and he has... Those who worked the least time get in line first. And he pays them one denarius. Remember the parable? That's one full day's wage. And so the guys at the end of the line are getting excited because they figure if these guys worked one hour and got one full day's wage, we're liable to get 12 days wages at the, their calculation. But instead, everybody goes through the line and everybody got what? The very same. The very same. And the Lord concludes the parable by saying the last shall be first and the first shall be last. The same thing he said at the beginning. The parable illustrates that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. What does that mean? Well, think about it. If the last are first, then the last are first. If the first are last, then the first are last, but the last are first. So the point is, everybody finishes in a dead heat. Understand that? What he's saying is that everybody's going to finish in the dead heat. We're all going to receive the same eternal life, the same glorious eternal reward. So there's a sense in which we aren't earning anything in eternity by our service. God will bless us for that service, but in the end, we'll all be rewarded with the same eternal life, the same Christ-likeness, the same eternal blessing. So my, my motive in witnessing is not to gain something for myself, but to express my loving devotion to the Savior who redeemed me, right? 
So with that in our hearts, we go out to serve Christ, knowing that even though we may not see a lot of people come to Christ, even though we may only work one hour, we may just uh, have minimal service that we've offered to Christ, still in the end, by His grace, He'll reward us eternally. And what a blessing it is to look forward to that. By the way, I believe also that when we receive our rewards, we'll cast them at His feet, right? And we'll all be back to a dead heat anyway, because He'll receive all of the things He's even given to us. Well, let's pray together. Let's stand as we pray. Thank you, Father, for your evident hand in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in this college. We see it day after day. Right now, Lord, we pray together for those who confessed faith in Jesus Christ this last week. Bless every one of them. Lord God, don't let the evil one snatch them away. Don't let the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches kill that life. But, Lord, bring to full fruitfulness every person that they may become those who win others to Christ and the whole work can be multiplied. Bless the churches, all the people who were a part of making this possible. Encourage their hearts with the joy of service which they rendered. We pray for every student in the college and every faculty member, Lord, that we would be all you would have us to be for your glory. We pray these things for the sake of the Savior. Amen. God bless you. We have to hurry. We're a little late.